The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Your home for Dallas Cowboys content. The victorious Dallas Cowboys in week two. We are just about done with the second week of the season in the NFL. We have a lot to discuss, which is what we are here to do today on Monday, Football Monday, to go through everything that we saw on Sunday. All the wins, including the Cowboys. All the losses, including the Chiefs, like we do every single Monday. This is a very special show because we stream it live here on the SB Nation NFL Twitter page, the SB Nation NFL Facebook page. You can participate with us every single Monday. You can obviously also listen to it as our podcast that we have. The SB Nation NFL show has a wide variety of shows that you will enjoy every single day throughout the week. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcast. Leave a rating, write a review, but make sure to watch along live because when you do, you get to see the faces of victory, which are mine because the Dallas Cowboys won and the faces of defeat like one Pete Sweeney from SB Nation's Arrowhead Pride. Pete Sweeney, the people's champion is here. Pete, how goes it, my man? How come we don't have the applause track? We got to get the applause track. We got to get some drops here on Monday Football Monday. You're the only person who enters, so you're like you want it for yourself is what you're saying. Like and some intro music would be fun, right? You're like you're in the WWE, right? And you get booed or cheered or whatever. We we got to work on that. I'll talk to Rachel. We this is this can be an A B conversation between Rachel and myself, our producer extraordinaire, to get me some intro music on the show. Uh, Rachel, our producer extraordinaire, the greatest person in the whole world, by the way, a Baltimore <laughs> Ravens fan, Rachel. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens oh, vanquished God. the big bad wolf on Sunday Night Football, the Kansas City Chiefs. We're about to get there. We're about to talk about every single game. Pete and I will fly through them all, tell you what we liked, what we didn't like, where you know teams were right, because we obviously have the end all say all opinion, where teams were wrong. Pete, you knew we had to start with Sunday Night Football, though. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. So the Baltimore Ravens once again successfully defeated the Kansas City Chiefs 36 to 35. Everybody made a big old deal about how Lamar Jackson had not beaten Patrick Mahomes. Lamar said, it's not me and Mahomes. It's not whatever. But Pete, everybody wants to hear from you. What happened to the Chiefs? Actually, Pete, I'm sorry. Before you speak, uh, I think we're experiencing some technical difficulties. It seems that we are being intercepted by Kyle Barber of Baltimore Beat Down. <laughs> Dear Pete Sweeney, I have here for you a lovely purple plate and a golden fork to send you. And I'm hoping you have a bib and an appetite 
because we'll be eating quite a helping of humble pie this week. After all the stats, the tweets, and analysis, your beloved Kansas City Chiefs fell to the Baltimore Ravens. Patrick Mahomes' perfect September record was broken by the Ravens' defense. The Chiefs' perfect September record in the Mahomes era, broken by the Ravens. Lamar Jackson was courteous enough to spot the Chiefs seven points at the beginning of the game, yet the Chiefs still couldn't close it out. Chiefs had an 11-point lead in the ball. What happened, Pete? The Ravens entered this game with every excuse. They didn't have their two starting running backs, their all-pro left tackle, or all-pro cornerback, and yet the unstoppable Chiefs couldn't win. For all that 17-0 talk, they couldn't even make it out of Baltimore 2-0. Instead, you're yucking it up down here at 1-1. And just as a reminder for all your listeners, the draft pick the Chiefs sent over for Orlando Brown Jr. became Adafi Owe. That was the man who pressured your beloved quarterback into an interception and also forced and recovered the fumble to ice the game. And by the way, he did that running past Orlando Brown Jr. too. I sure hope you enjoy your pie, Petey. I'll leave RJ to make sure you lick the plate clean. Cheers. Cheers to Kyle. Wow. Wow. This is... This is an ambush. Uh, I did not I expect mean, it to be ambushed. Buddy. What do you mean you did not expect this? You incited I, this ambush. You have I'll gone you, on and uh, on I about had, how flawless not, the Chiefs were. I'll tell you, I had not eaten breakfast, so I appreciate Kyle bringing <laughs> something to the table for me to consume. Listen, um, the Ravens deserve to to celebrate today as a monumental victory, and I, I think that speaks a little bit to what the Chiefs have been able to build. And the Kansas Cityans and 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 the people who follow the Chiefs and and have gotten a little bit used to Patrick Mahomes just being able to will out victories. Uh, you had some holes poked in it uh, this week. It's not just going to always come down to one guy, and certainly not eleven guys, because I thought the, the Kansas City Chiefs offense looked good. Uh, but to the Ravens' credit, down to their fourth and fifth string running backs, uh, they were unstoppable, and the Chiefs' defense looked horribly bad. Uh, as as bad as they maybe looked since 2018 when they had former defensive coordinator Bob Sutton. Mm. Uh, and and for the most part, they were healthy. I know they're missing Willie Gay, but they were able to get Frank Clark back in the mix who felt invisible. Uh, Tyron Matthew made an impact at the beginning of the game, but it just wasn't an impact for the entire game uh, enough to make a difference. I mean, you're not, you're not going to be able to have one defensive player uh, make what was an embarrassing run defense uh, looked good. You, you're not going to be able to do it with one player. And so the Ravens kept at it. Uh, they were down, as Kyle mentioned, uh, <laughs> two scores late in the game and continued to roll and continue to believe. And you could really tell, I thought, uh, the belief in Lamar Jackson and his ability to get it done. And I think you have to admire their, their going to get it on fourth down at midfield. You know, if you don't convert that fourth and one, you're probably losing a game. You know, it was one of those scenarios um, where it almost was like the two-point conversion uh, that you'll sometimes see at the end of the game where it's like, we, we're not going to overtime. That was that type of thing where it was a win-or-lose play, and uh, they were able to get the two yards. And, you know, Tyron Matthews said after the game, sometimes you got to look yourself in the mirror and, and, you know, be real with yourself. The Chiefs' defense is bad, and so often this team looks at Patrick Mahomes as a magic eraser, you couldn't erase the horrible offensive line down to its second and third string in the Super Bowl. 
And you are not going to be able, even if you have Patrick Mahomes, to win uh, even more than half your games if the defense is playing that poorly each and every week. And so a huge wake-up call uh, to Kansas City. Uh, sunny days, RJ, wouldn't feel so special if it wasn't for rain. Joy wouldn't feel so good uh, if it wasn't for pain. And so Kansas City is dealing with a lot of pain today. And I want to do one more thing. And I know that I've been probably to the point of annoyingness on the show talking about Patrick Mahomes, maybe not so much the Chiefs in general of just how good of a franchise they are and how complete they are. Uh, and so leaning into the fact that I've told you for so many times, I'm, I'm unbiased on this thing. Congratulations mm. to Lamar Jackson. The first time in four tries. Finally getting over that hump, beating the Chiefs, which was key for him. I consider him a top 10 quarterback in this NFL. And we're going to give him the the other ones. right? We're going to give him the come up of the week. So congratulations to Lamar, (laughs) who gets it uh, against my Kansas City Chiefs uh, bright and early on this Monday Football Monday. He deserves it. And you got to be impressed with the Ravens. This will be hard to hear. I don't know if the Ravens can overcome their injuries uh, to maybe even um, make the postseason. I think that division is going to be really interesting with the Cleveland Browns the and some of those other teams. The of you to say this, Pete. On, I, on, I, on that's this how day I of feel. Days, but look, any given Sunday night, and it happened. We'll see how the Chiefs respond with with cleaning up that defense. So um, this was fun. Um, <laughs> if, if, if my face and, and audible tone isn't obvious. What you drinking there, Pete? Is it a coffee? Coffee? Is that what you're, you're drinking there? Uh, a little coffee this morning. I uh, I, I did want to say this before I got bombarded by uh, my entire uh, humble pie delivered <laughs> fresh from Baltimore. Uh, on these Sunday night games that I'm covering, typically I like to really dig into these games and get a lot of nugs for you. So the nugs will be a little bit less today because I'm coming off that Sunday night game. Mm-hmm. I got a few things to say about each game, but um, but yeah, it's it was a late one. I was up early this morning. I'm working on about three or four, but you know what? <laughs> Um, I'm here. I'm ready to go. So my uh, my favorite thing that Kyle said, and this is something, Pete, that I know yeah. that I told you, and sure. you said it was impossible. Was all these cute little Mahomes records that are amazing, and that he deserves an enormous amount of credit for. Uh, as Niners Nation, shout out to our uh, 49ers blog here at SB Nation chimes in and asks if it's just coffee. Uh, you know, hey, maybe you need a little bit more this particular morning, Pete. But all these Mahomes cute little records were. You know, destined to not fall, but but you know, to fall. I mean, you know, undefeated in well, September, never thrown an interception in September. Like the again, streaks, the of that, course. Uh, the yeah, streaks, but, of course, are going to fall. But the the his, the the history, like being the best quarterback through forty-seven games, that's never going to fall. Like that's hard to believe. Of course, the streak. I didn't expect Patrick Mahomes over a 20 year career to go undefeated in September. I already. think everyone you, would I, disagree I, that you did not expect. Did I say that? that? Did I, I think, think that we have we have a review uh, on the Espination NFL show that would uh, contend that you definitely believed that that was going to be the case. So uh, this this was look you you touched on it. You can, the you fourth can't blame down in this game, he had a 131 passer rating. I mean, but that's my that's beef what with you is saying not against my is that beef it's a with team you game is it's not a against game, the and so but he my, cannot do it all. You have this thing against the Chiefs. My beef with you is you're you're a Mahomes mm. denier, and again, no, this was not Mahomes. Mahomes fault. is amazing, this but was he, not Mahomes' fault. It's not because it's a team. It's not game. your fault. It's, a, it's, it's a not your game. fault. It's not you your fault, said, Patrick. You you said Chris Jones uh, was going to win Defensive Player of the Year uh, a, bad week. A, few, a few weeks ago, 
And uh, I saw you talking on the Arrowhead Pride postgame show, you know, had a bad week. I, I you touched on it. I do want to make this about the Ravens. The fourth down call, respect, love, yes. love to see the Ravens doing it. And a lot of people, I think, are making this about like, well, you can't give Mahomes the ball back. Do it against whoever. Like, I don't care. I mean, look, Mahomes obviously is the, the most, you know, polar example of this idea and philosophy. But do that against whoever. You are the Ravens. You have Lamar Jackson. The game is in your hands. The moment you punt the ball to whoever, Mahomes or even Kirk Cousins, you surrender control of your destiny. And so I love the decision from John Harbaugh. I love the win for the Ravens. Huge, perfect, poetic. Shout out once again to Kyle Barber at Baltimore Beatdown for uh, the lovely message for you, Pete. And here's the deal. And this is going to sound cocky again. Like Mm. if you're the Ravens, right? Don't let this be your Super Bowl. Build off mm-hmm. that win and continue to win games. I mean, you got the Lions next week. You can easily string two together. I think this is a division for the taking. I think it's going to be really interesting going back and forth uh, each and every year. You know, there shouldn't be a letdown. Lamar should build off this and continue to to push to take back that MVP trophy. I was just so impressed with Lamar Jackson. Uh, I had I didn't move him out of my top ten. Everyone has their personal top ten quarterbacks, right? I didn't move him out of my top 10, but he fell out of the top five for me a little bit last mm. year. Yeah. Uh, but but this this game, I don't know, it really spoke to like how much of a, a gamer and a baller he is. I mean, you're running out Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray and, you know, who who knows how long um, Sammy Watkins is going to stay in the field. You don't have Bateman and, you know, you're doing things like right in, in front of Mahomes, who everyone always lauds. You're doing Mahomes' jump pass to a wide open Malcolm Brown, who's who's, or I'm sorry, Marquise Brown, who, who's down the field. And um, what I think Chiefs and the Chiefs should remember, and I know a lot of Chiefs fans were ticked off by this. Like, remember, you know, if the Ravens are able to push through the postseason, remember when Lamar Jackson in the go-ahead score did a flip right in front of you, and, mm. and you had you had mm. to deal with that and eat that. Mm. By the way, no taunting call on. Uh, so who the hell knows uh, what, yeah. what kind of who, mm. who knows what kind of rule that is in the NFL? But remember that, and and this adds to the rivalry, and it's good for the game. And uh, the Chiefs and Ravens have had this AFC thing going on for a while, and now it, it it actually is way more interesting. It wouldn't be interesting if the Chiefs had kicked the field goal and, and been four zero. Uh, Pete, we've spent enough time on a team in the AFC West that is not undefeated, so let's move on to one that actually <laughs> is. The Las <laughs> Vegas Raiders get oh, the dub no. over the I'm Pittsburgh really eating the humble pie <laughs> this morning because I am not a Derek Carr man, as you know well, RJ. <laughs> Are you doing this on purpose? Are you stacking these on purpose? I'm not, um, but maybe subconsciously I am because, you know, my my love for Pete Sweeney runs deep and and is in a place that I can't control. I Um, wonder where we're going next. Maybe Cowboys Chargers? Is that where we're going next? If if that's what the people want, you know, we're we're here to serve them. Sure. Uh, But um, the the Raiders beating the Steelers 26 to 17, the final score. Derek Carr had a bit of an injury scare. We actually had a lot of injury scares that we'll touch on as well. Huge win for the Raiders. 2-0. Again, one of the actual two teams in the AFC West that are undefeated. Neither of them are the Kansas City Chiefs. Is it time, Pete, to take the Raiders seriously? I don't know how you couldn't. I think that Derek Carr, like, we when, when back in the early days of MFM, we've been a show for a long time now, when mm. Michael Kist was, uh, again, with us in, in mm. the one upper level. Peasants, yeah, for sure. And not in the the you know the the, suite. the suite that he's yeah. in now, eating hors d'oeuvres, drinking cocktails, pinky uh, back in those days. We talked about Derek Carr, and we had that show after Derek Carr was able to knock off the Chiefs. And what was our main question? And we've talked about it several times in the show. Why does he play like that every week? 
Why isn't he that guy who throws the ball down the field to a streaking Henry Ruggs and hitting him in stride? Like, why doesn't he do this? Because if he did, the Raiders would be a different team entirely. Well, through two games, he has. Uh, so if this is going to be the new Derek Carr and he's going to be do the, doing this on a consistent basis, then I don't know how you don't take uh, the Raiders seriously. They were 28 of, of 37 for 382 yards. Uh, again, Derek Carr was mixing mixing and matching. They didn't even have Josh Jacobs in this right. game, and, and it didn't really seem to matter. I do want to say something uh, about the um, Steelers in this game. So the Steelers' o- offensive line is is troubling and uh, and troublesome, and and I think they're they're in line right now to waste Najee Harris, who is a talent. Couldn't get anything going. He need to provide him some room. He can't just do it all himself as a running back. They were able to get him a long touchdown, but that was through through the air. Uh, and I also think that this Steelers team on the other side here is a defensive based team. And and like we were talking about Chris Jones, to me, it all surrounds T.J. Watt. You take T.J. Watt out with a groin injury, that it's going to affect the entire defense. It's all predicated on, on Watt being healthy. So that is priority number one: is making sure Watt is healthy, making sure he stays in the game. You're not winning games in Pittsburgh with your offense, right? So that that was a a killer for I thought the Steelers in this game. I like that Carr spread it around, and and we had what did, we, what did Darren Waller have last week? It was like 19 targets. Yeah, uh, it so. Was ridiculous. You can't you can't win like that. I mean, you can't. You got him one one option, and uh, he proved that he can win with multiple options this week. And I think the Raiders are legitimate. Um, listen to this. So we're talking about the AFC West, and we're going to get to the other teams. For the first time this morning, RJ, since week sixteen of twenty sixteen, the Chiefs do not have a share for the lead in the AFC West. Mm. They're looking up. First week time 16, in five... you're saying week sixteen, twenty sixteen. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. For, for the first time in five years, they're looking up. And, you know, now all of a sudden they, they they face a Chargers team who we'll get to. But this AFC West is spicy. There mm-hmm. are four teams that are playing well. Um, uh, not Maybe not the Chiefs, actually. There are three <laughs> teams that are playing well. Uh, so huh. it, it is suddenly an interesting division where I, you know, I really didn't think it would be this interesting. Hmm. Very interesting, indeed. Um, I do want to say the Pittsburgh Steelers offense continues to look exposed, isn't the right word, uh, but they. I, I said last week that Buffalo, or that Pittsburgh did not win that game last week, that Buffalo lost it, and we saw Buffalo bounce back. Again, they got some help there, but uh, we'll get to them in a minute. But that's this is going to weigh them down, and I don't know that like you know transitive properties suggest that the Raiders are a better team than the Bills or anything here, but... Pittsburgh will struggle against teams that can put up points. And uh, the most prestigious award, the Monday Football Monday, offers the Yeet of the Week still to come. Uh, Derek Carr's incredible touchdown throw to Henry Ruggs did not win, but it was a true and classic YOLO sort of thing. Derek Carr, again, got nicked up on it. Seems to be fine. There's a little bit of likability to this Raiders team, which is strange. Well, you got to feel, feel bad for David Carr. I mean, you have David mm. Carr on NFL.com continuing to pick the Raiders each and every year. God bless him. If my sister was a quarterback in the NFL, I would be picking her team, too. And finally making David Carr look good. It's been years since he's been picking the Raiders, so I'm, I'm happy for, for David, especially in this game. Congratulations to the Carr family. Congratulations to the Raiders, uh, the best team in the AFC West, at least <laughs> as of Monday. Um, you stop? Uh, let's, stop. Let's, let's be real here. Let's, let's stop with that. Uh, like, some, come on. 
some We're games early. we can so some games we can fly through, Pete, just because they're you know it's kind of one sided affairs. The Carolina Panthers demolished the New Orleans Saints twenty six to seven. Low and I by the way, look, we don't need all the LASIK jokes about Jameis. It's low hanging fruit, people. Get more clever. You know what I mean when it comes to yeah. Jameis Winston. But he is uh, he is you got you got to say he is LASIK focused at this point. Mm, uh, the Panthers front seven is impressive. Uh, they are two and zero with a win against the Jets. So hard to take that seriously. And Christian McCaffrey. You know, workhorse, grinder, just amazing. I mean, I, the, I'm, the, I'm curious who these Panthers are going to be. It's the it's the front seven of the Panthers that mm. is really the story because I, I thought we thought the offense would be all right, which is which it's been. Uh, the front seven has has been, you know, near elite. And it really, I think, took the wheels off of anything Jameis was doing. The, the Saints didn't have a, a ton of coaches this week, really up against the wall. And it seemed like the Panthers just rolled like what CMC is doing. The thing is, like, you're always going to have offensive production with CMC, and it's making Sam Darnold better. Sam Darnold reminds me a little bit of Baker Mayfield in the sense where he needs to play action and the boots to be working, uh, to be cooking. And nice to see that he's really getting a fresh start. Just yet another player who left Adam Gase and is finding success at a new team. It is early on, on that front, but congratulations to Sam Darnold and the, and the Panthers. Speaking of Darnold's former team, they got mollywopped by the New England Patriots, 25 to 6, the final score. Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks is not something that generally ends well for the young guns, Pete. Felt bad for Zach Wilson, but it is just did one. Did you really game. feel bad? Like, did you actually feel bad? I did. I, it was, you know, a lot of times, and you can attest to this this morning with, uh, I, I can't get Kyle out of my head. He's just like chirping, chirping, chirping. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times you try to predict what's going to happen in the NFL and you, you, you're wrong. I mean, that's why Vegas makes a ton of money on the NFL. Cause we all go up and make our bets and we're all wrong. This was something you could predict mm-hmm. Bill Belichick versus Zach Wilson. Uh, and it ended just how you thought it might with the four interceptions and the jets fans booing and Zach Wilson having to say, Oh, I deserve to be booed. Um, not good. Right. But it is one game. So you just bury it. Mac Jones and, and especially Damian Harris looked solid. I know that there are a lot of fantasy owners out there wondering if the fumble would cost him his job, uh, but he looked pretty good. So, uh, yeah, Patriots continue to roll. I think they're building upon Mac Jones. Feels like a nine and eight team for me. The Jets feel like a four and whatever four. Uh, minus 17 is or the other way <laughs> four and 13 would be the case i agree on go. the jets i do think that one of those four or five wins will be really quality you know what i mean like they'll they'll pull off a really impressive win kind of you know like their super bowl so to speak and that will be like the launching you know discussion for like one of know, those week 17 games where you cost the team a playoffs like the cardinals last year or something well it's like week that. 18 now please get it right but uh but yeah something like that or you know maybe you're continuing maybe to test me I'm work, like I said, I'm working on three out of four hours of sleep. You're throwing math at me. You have a surprise video. You're I laughing. Mean, You've laughed about eight times. I, I don't I'm, like how joyful you are this it's, morning. This is a great day. After the I Chiefs mean, lost. Just, just I know great... the Cowboys won. I see your, your polo. The polo doesn't even matter. You had a polo on last Monday after the loss. It's whatever polo Monday. That was really, a blog in the boys polo. To Today is victory polo Monday. Believe me, we will get there. Um, but uh, But yeah, you know, a building block for the Jets, for Zach Wilson. Uh, but it is what it is. The Denver Broncos, Pete, another undefeated team in the AFC West that is not the Kansas City Chiefs, successfully takes down or took down the Jacksonville Jaguars 23-13, to 13, the final score. It's hard to take Denver seriously given that they've beaten the Giants and the Jaguars, two tomato cans. I mean, you know, good for them. You can only play who's on your schedule. I saw a stat this morning floating around. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know who tweeted it out, but the Jaguars, Pete, have had one red zone possession 
since week one. It's only been two games, but still one. And it was the final two minutes of last week's game against the Houston Texans. So uh, Trevor Lawrence definitely having some early struggles into his NFL career. I think you're right about the Broncos, and we don't need to spend, I think, too much time on them because we just don't know. They should have beaten those two teams. And you're right. You you look at the schedule, and you can Big only play for me here. I, lots of your rights coming RJ's way. <sighs> I want to end the show. I just want to. <laughs> can Rachel do the rest of it for me? For, uh, for what it's for what it's worth, Pete, the Broncos play the Jets this week, so they'll likely get to three and zero. So if you think things suck now, just you know, wait a week. Uh, but so they'll be three and zero. We think conceivably, and after that, the Broncos have the Ravens, obviously the yeah. best team in the NFL. Uh, then they visit the Steelers, then they host the Raiders, and they visit the Browns. So uh, they'll I be three and zero and follow the three and four very quickly. Yeah, I I think we just by default have to subscribe to the we don't know and i think it's played into the broncos hands a little bit what i believe judy is supposed to be out five to six weeks mm-hmm. so you're looking at maybe a four and two floor by the time it gets back maybe three and three and then if Cortland sutton is playing this well and is getting his feet back on the room and then you sort of inject judy as long as the rest of your lineup stays healthy suddenly spicy and then amc west uh want to talk about the other side i'll read a quote from Jaguars coach Urban Meyer, mm. don't give up on us. Hang in there with us. We're oh, going yeah. to get better. Go to sleep knowing there's not going to be any group working harder to get this thing flipped. Uh, very Tebow-esque of Urban Meyer to, to say that. And what I will say back to you, Mr. Meyer, is that your team, of all the teams in the NFL, especially with the Texans playing well, feels like the most likely to go 0 for 17. I swear to God, there's never been an 0 for 17 team. Why, RJ? Because there's never been 17 games. We might get one in the first year of the 17-game schedule. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's tough times for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Also tough times for Tim Tebow because his former NFL team, the Jaguars, lost. Florida couldn't get it done against Bama over the weekend. So just uh, a bunch of else for, for Tim Tebow. Lately. They did in the second half, uh, especially if you had Alabama minus three and a half in the second right. half. Uh, sure Bradley did. Chubb had the ankle issue on the Denver side of things. So we'll see um, what that ultimately looks like this week. But uh, moving on, last one to kind of blitz through. This is a long blitz. The Buffalo Bills skunking the Dolphins, Pete. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I mean, I hope you got some of uh, Kyle's purple plate still with you. You were down. Oh my bills. God! Uh, you no, know, I'm, 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 not, no, I'm, I'm not gonna go down this route. I'm, you I'm, know, I'm, I'm and I know. Chill, chill. Uh, you know, and I know. The, the this, Bills and yeah, the Ravens are also this, rivals, so it's got to be a different this, plate. Kyle's no, I, not serving me up some Bills. <laughs> you're upset about the plate. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the Bills winning 35 to nothing. Tua Tungavailoa got hurt in this game. Uh, didn't return. This was Jacoby Brissett. So really, it was just kind of this game went on forever, by the way. I and mean, this was Too one long. of the longer games of the noon hour. Um, again, not a lot to say. Miami. You know, only thing I'll say is Miami and, and the Tua injury is part of this now, but this is like Miami had to deliver this season. You know, they've been part of this long right. process and, and Brian Flores is a great coach, but I mean, man, we need to see results here in 2021 and it doesn't look like that's going to happen. I think the only thing that I could say right here is, yeah, it, it, it does question, make you question the dolphins. If they don't have Tua as much as we've questioned him and whether or not he's legitimate, they're not going anywhere this year. And then in the case of the Buffalo bills, I think you needed it because I don't want to go too far down this road and cause bills fans are going to kill me, but Last week made you start to think were the Bills a little bit one hit wondery and mm, they've just returned. Like the Chiefs, right? Exactly. I, I don't know if you can be one hit wondery for like seven years going of making winning the division. But anyway, mm. um, so division's all that matter. Nice, gotcha. Okay, one hit, a little bit one hit 
uh, Wondery feel last week, and this completely, I think, refutes any idea that the the Bills can't can't win. Um, I thought I thought Allen looked efficient. I mean, it wasn't crazy numbers because once you get that lead, you just kind of you, know, you wait for the clock to run out. So they needed this win, and they're back. They're back. They've righted the ship, um, just like we expect. The, wa- we <laughs> the wagons are being circled once again. The only thing that could have made me happier than uh, you lining and, you know, lining up to take your humble pie like a good soldier. You've got to say you've you've come in, you've taken all the shots and uh, with good spirits. But the only thing that brought me more joy on Sunday was the Philadelphia Eagles dropping one, looking flat, (laughs) looking nothing like the team the national media hyped up last week. They almost 17 won this to game. 11. Did you watch this game? They almost of won the game. Of course I watched this game. The Eagle, look, the Eagles are, I don't want to say they're frauds. And to be clear here, I was less down on the Eagles than most people at this network. But, uh, and I didn't go way too far with that like somebody did a week ago when they brought out their own humble pie. But the Eagles here. I still feel it. I mean, look, they, the, Eagles, the Eagles had an amazing 91-yard play in this game. And then just like pooped all over themselves in the red zone we consider the 49ers right a a lot of people do a legitimate contender to to win the nfc do we not i i think they have talent but i think this jimmy like that's the thing san francisco won this game i know you're bringing up a philly point but like the insistence on jimmy garoppolo is so mind-boggling i know they're 2-0 but i mean their offense is so trapped by him so yes i think they have talent to be competitive similar Similar I mean, feel for San Francisco and Chicago in the sense that you can just see the difference in ceiling and it's like clear to the world, right? Not to say like ceiling you know, you is pl- what you said, right? Not stealing. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. You play the first five games, and sure, you might go three and two or four and one, but your ceiling might be higher for the entire season if you're just playing these athletic rookies. Um, and I agree with you completely. And that's what's tough because sometimes you get trapped in the sense where you play Jimmy G and at the end of the day, you're just looking at the record. Um, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you get trapped and, and are not able to play the rookie it was interesting last year when the dolphins were playing well with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Only time really in history, you can remember them making a change when there was a 500 record or more it just doesn't happen. And mm-hmm. I guess Kyle Shanahan can do whatever he wants. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is I, I look at the 49ers as an NFC contender, I thought the sure. Eagles were, were in this game. I thought mm. Nick Bosa really tested the Philadelphia Eagles. When it comes to Hurts, here's what I'm seeing. So he had, it, it says 10 rushes for 82 yards in this game, but five of four of five of his scrambles in the game came late in the game, in the second half. I think, you know, you talk about the Trey Lances, we've touched upon Lamar Jackson, and we're going to get to Kyler Murray and how good he looks. Jalen Hurts needs to lean into this, this dual threat version of himself and pick the right times to run pick the right times to stay home i i continue to like jalen hurts but sure. in a sense he needs to like let himself and that coaching staff needs to let him cook let's lean into hurts and, and let him be a lamar jackson and will you to will you to victory and uh, that's where i'm at it was a little bit an- inaccurate with downfield throws so it needs to get better there i'm not off the eagles i still have them winning this nfc east baby e-a-g-l-e-s Eagles. 
So first things first uh, from me on the San Francisco side of this, Niners Nation joining us for Monday Football Monday. You can listen to Rob Stats, Guerrero of Niners Nation tomorrow on Tuesday on the Oddcast. As the 49ers had 14 total yards in the first quarter and zero first downs. This speaks to both teams here, Pete. Obviously speaks to Jimmy Garoppolo and how much he sucks. Like, it's enough. You know, like, you have a great roster. Kyle Shanahan quit wasting it behind Jimmy Garoppolo. Let, like, trade, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, so... This is what's interesting to me. And uh, Pro Football Focus, at least at the time of our stream, isn't fully done grading this week's games. But last week, Jalen Hurts finished with the lowest average depth of target among quarterbacks in the NFL. This week, Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think he's the lowest, but he's certainly near the lowest. I mean, these are two guys who make their bread and butter, so to speak, by just checking things down. And that's always been the Jimmy Garoppolo way. And I know Jalen Hurts had the big play in this game, and that inflates the you know average depth of target here. But, I mean, this is gross from San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan has only himself to blame whenever they lose an important game if it's in the regular season or the playoffs because he is going down this path himself and it it's dumb to me I'm I'm really upset for 49ers fans because and there are the stand out there for Jimmy Garoppolo that believe for whatever reason uh on the Eagles side of things look I'm with you I think Jalen Hurts I think Jalen Hurts is very clearly the second best quarterback in the NFC East I think it's preposterous that I know a human being who at one point in time said he was the best or could conceivably be the best. But uh, Jalen is is certainly progressing and certainly growing and developing. But, you know, yesterday showed a lot of warts on the Eagles team as a whole. Again, red zone efficiency. They had that 91-yard play and couldn't cash in at all. My my thing is let's see him with a full season. I think the jury is just still out in what he is, and I'm ready to see him sure. develop over this year. And I think by the end of the year – He's going to be re- really considered one of the better better QBs in the NFC. Quick point on, on Jimmy G, and I think this is where the 49ers are at right now, and this is what's probably most frustrating in San Francisco. A game manager gets thrown around quite a bit in the NFL, but Jimmy G is the epitome of a game manager. And you'll mm. win games if your defense plays well, but that's how you lose games against good teams. And until they decide, okay, we're going to lean into being this exciting offense we can be, they're going to be who they're going to be, and they're eventually going to lose at some point. We're going to be talking about a loss at some point here. I did want to say Debo Samuel is amazing, and Debo Samuel helps make Jimmy Garoppolo look better, which is frustrating if you are team bench Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, And finally, Pete, a somber uh, bit of news to report. Uh, Brandon Graham, Eagles defensive star, looks like he's out for the season with a torn Achilles. Huge loss for that Eagles team. Um, Just, you know, tough Uh, cookies. All injuries suck, no matter who... who a team plays for tough, especially uh, now that I'm riding the Eagles this year. Last year, I did ride the WFT to a, a division mm-hmm. title. So you also not, the not Cincinnati going anywhere. Bengals. How'd that work out? Well, if you told me that Joe Burrow was not going to be able to play, maybe I don't make that decision. Mm, um, um, so, so you're fine yeah. adding that couch, but not that Dak Prescott couldn't play with the Washington football team winning the division. Interesting. Well, um, listen, it, it is what it is. I knew the WFT had a quarterback when I, when I saw one. It was Alex Smith, and he willed mm. them to the division. And yeah, I, I great, see another great quarterback quarterbacks here. will their team to success, like Lamar and Jackson on Sunday Jalen, night. Right, Jalen sure. Hurts, mm-hmm. um, excellent quarterback. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.
Let's go to uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, not literally sure. or even really metaphorically, but the Los Angeles Rams procuring victory 27 to 24. The Colts made it close, and I think every Colts fan is sitting here saying, oh, God, we're 0-2, <laughs> but we almost won this game. Um, this was aided by uh, incredible miscue from the Rams on special teams, uh, a you know mishap on the punt that led to an Indianapolis touchdown. I will say that the Colts did kind of keep it close, but I did not find this to be that impressive of a game from the Colts. There was a bobble punt touchdown in this game, correct? Yeah, that's the play I'm talking about. I mean, yeah. you know, it went off, it went off the, um, the the punt protector and just, you know, was a touchdown. I mean, that Indianapolis Mo recovered. He moved at the last minute. I, yeah, I don't know I, if the long snapper saw, saw it. It looked ridiculous. It looked dude, like a... It, you know the you know the clown song? Um, it goes... Wop, 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 wop. That was... That, that no, play should I, have had the... I honestly don't know what time. Yes, we're like you. It, it's the the version of of people doing something silly and they speed it up and then that there's that clown song that they play. That was that I really, that punt I, touchdown. I I want to be with you here. I really don't know what you're talking about. I'm See, you serious. you always go off the deep end with these comparisons. And what does what does Big Sween do? He rides shotgun with you, mm. you know. And I'm I'm willing to. Go along with whatever you say. Um, yeah, exactly. One, I know exactly time, what you're talking about. You can't pretend. <laughs> you compared something to sharks in the water. We actually one did time, have and a, I'm saying, uh, okay, I'm gonna get in this Sharknado. Here we go. For one we, second, you can't pretend. Okay, I know. Yeah, Pete, you're 100 right. Yeah, you're right. We actually uh, did have a review recently that cited how great your animal noises are, Pete. So clown, not an animal, but I mean, you know, sound effects are on point. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a dolphin? No, uh, it's the sound of uh, the goat. Um, PM2 still uh, a, go a goat baz or like more than they're like maze. I think you could do. I don't a know how I. I don't know how I realized I'm good at a goat, but uh, I am. Let's, let's see it one more time. The goat. <laughs> that is a pretty good goat. Now that I Thank think you. about it, you were the goat of goat noses. Uh, goat noses. You almost two times in a row got off board with me, and even I, after I, we I just talked about. Yeah, I mean, after the way we buried you early on, I couldn't, you know, couldn't leave you here. I had to throw your lifeline. Wonder what um, Kyle's doing right now. Car <laughs> Carson Wentz is so bad. Pete, he threw an interception on a shovel pass, and I mean, <laughs> I saw, I saw this. Oh Carson, I, look. So this is so interesting to me because we talked about this last week, um, a week ago. Colts fans, man, what happened? Our offensive line just played like crap. This is so strange. No, dude, it's not. This is Carson Wentz, according to Next Gen Stats, Pete. Carson Wentz, uh, who was sacked three times, has been sacked at least three times for twelve consecutive games it is currently the longest streak since the or third longest streak since the merger randall cunningham went 19 games greg landry went 13 so carson could tie it if he plays uh, because he has both ankles under construction right now from an injury standpoint so we'll see how that goes uh jacob eason did get in this game but i mean carson like dude get rid of the ball like th there's a, an enormous amount of data to prove that he is the problem here all right i want to just say this about carson Wentz. this is to me, the last year that he's a, a starter possibility in the NFL, and he's either going to embrace being a backup or that's it. You can't put your franchise behind this guy. And I'm starting to get on board with you with the sacks because I, I was wrong last week. I had I went and wow, and what was, a was, humble day! I love this day. Was so explaining much. that you know the offensive line wasn't good, but the numbers just don't add up on that. And I, I think you, there is something to that. Um, and and man, you feel bad again for for. Ballard in the front office. They, they I don't just feel can't bad find, for them at all. They made find this a quarterback. Bit. No, I I don't know. I mean, you're so unlucky with luck. You have the year of Philip Rivers. Rivers yeah, decides to retire, those, and those things were luck. This they 
they or lack of luck, really. They willingly, a lot of ways. It's true. You know what I'm saying? They, they willingly paid for a quarterback with you know all these concerns with you it's know a conditional it's conditional compensation no they still have to give up a second round pick though at the very least you know no, what it's I mean? a conditional like, I think no it's the a first con- is the first is conditional. oh you're right you're correct you're correct so yes. big day for me here but um so yeah a I lot mean, of I L's. Just, and uh, and they took on that contract i mean it but i don't want to spend forever on carson wentz i do want to shed light and love on matthew stafford who is amazing um i mean just incredible this also stood out to me pete uh Speaking of quarterbacks that teams, you know, shouldn't, you know, I don't say employ, but shouldn't stick behind Jared Goff. According once again to next gen stats, Matthew Stafford had or had two plus passing touchdowns of 10 plus air yards in each of his first two games with the Rams. So he had at least two touchdowns of 10 or more air yards in both mm-hmm. of his games with the Rams so far. He has played two games. Jared yeah. Goff never had more than two games of this kind in a single season. Yeah, I mean, it, it is night and day, and you realize why Sean McVay was so excited to get this thing done. I mean, he was basically uh, dressing up the ugliest pig in the NFL for a while and, and figuring out a way to mm, reach, wow, a damn, really harsh. reach a damn Super Bowl. He reached a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. That is incredible. want to touch upon Cooper Cup, and this goes off the mm-hmm. Goff point. So Cooper Cup in this game has become pretty clearly Matt Stafford's favorite receiver. Nine catches, 163 yards. 11 targets to Cup, nine to Woods. Wood, five for 64. But here's the Cup thing. So we talked about McVay and Goff. Cooper Cup had a a more than 1,000-yard season two years ago. Last year, he was at 974. Perhaps we have been sleeping on this receiver who has only played to this point of his career with Jared Goff. What is the upside here? Are we looking at a receiver who could potentially be in the Devontae Adams DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill area, meaning mm. 13 to 1500 yards. Why not? If he was able to get a thousand yards with Goff and is now becoming Stafford, who can throw the football's favorite receiver, I, I think this might have been someone that was right in front of us and maybe we were sleeping on a little bit. I mean, with a quarterback that can play, he might be one of the best damn receivers in the NFL. And I think he certainly showed that against the Colts. I'm not trying to tell everybody about my fantasy team that nobody cares about, but um, I do have Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, and it's really nice. It's really all I have to say about that. The Ram, and I'm happy that the Rams are playing well because they were my NFC pick to go to the Super Bowl. I, I, I can't believe the Chiefs are going to have to play the, the team in their building again, but it is what it is. I think with Jalen Ramsey making that game ceiling pick and Aaron Donald and the way this offense looks, the Rams to me are going to be the class of the NFC and let's see how this thing shakes out. They look very, very, very good. They look like all the offseason hype was justified. I know some people were skeptical to buy in all the way, but uh, certainly look like the class of the NFC West at the very least early on, um, you know, Hey, it is not every team in in Western divisions can be two and Pete. It's tough cookies. Uh, let's I go. Can't, I can't. What the hell? <laughs> let's go. Can, uh, have to walk off the set? can you walk to, off to, a, a podcast that you're doing remotely? Let's There's go no to the Bears. I'm in my house. Uh, the Chicago Bears winning 20 to 17 against the Cincinnati Bengals. Andy Dalton left with a non-contact injury. Still remains to be seen the exact status of this at the time of our recording streaming, Pete. Uh, Justin Fields entered the game, was fine. Uh, didn't set the world on fire necessarily. Showed some spark. You mentioned him, though, obviously, when talking about the, uh, the 49ers, about how there's a clear difference in ceiling. And, you know, Chicago's defense stepped up. Joe Burrow, Pete, threw interceptions on three straight 
pass attempts. The first time that anyone had done this since Ryan Fitzpatrick, who everybody told me was the reason that Washington was going to win the division this year, uh, did it back in week three of 2018. We almost made it three full years without this happening. Um, that happened in week three. It's three interceptions. Lots of uh, numerical symmetry there. Yeah, it wasn't a good day for Joe Burrow. <laughs> Perhaps the worst day of his career. Jamar I, I Chase wanna... scored again, though, so you got that at least. I want to flip to the other side of it and just talk about Roquan Smith just dominating the game. Um, I'm eager to see how many pressures he ended up with. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he had the sack. He led the team in tackles. I think he's due to get paid, and he's earning his money here. I think this is the same scenario in Chicago. We don't have to go deep into it because we kind of talked about it, but that's going on in San Francisco. Yeah, Fields did not look uh, uh, amazing. He had that fumble. He had the rookie woes, um, but he had his moments, right? And you can just freaking see the ceiling and how high it gets. Like, oh, man, with with Andy Dalton and Jimmy G, you're in a a, a shack, right? You're maybe like in a in a pizza shack and you just look love up. Shack, man, baby, is, there, shack. is there asbestos oh. on the ceiling? I'm looking up, man. That, that's a gross, gross ceiling. And then you see these glimpses of Trey Lance and, and Fields comes in and you have these moments where you're like, man, this could be a damn cathedral. And yet these head coaches, they just want to continue to run the veteran out there. I understand, right? It, it is an interesting decision. And let, let's get the guy used to the pro level. Screw it. Put these players in the game and let us let us have the exciting NFL that we want. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just get, make us happy, right? Like that should be the goal. Just make like every Bears fan look. And I hate this fan, Dalton. I hate I hate when guys are in this situation, like because they become the punching bag for fans, right? Like fans are like, we don't want Andy Dalton. Like that's that's mean to put Andy Dalton through that. So we'll see now that his revenge game and Matt Nagy's former Cowboys great Andy Dalton. Mm, okay, you got to nice. mention that red mm, rifle the Bengals himself, um, you know, last year. But uh, so Andy Dalton now technically two and zero against the Cincinnati Bengals um, in his time. Go Dalton, but, go. Yeah. Um, so uh, Matt Nagy was asked by the way if Andy Dalton is still his starter. If healthy, <laughs> I don't and even Matt, want to know. I don't even want to know. Well, I, Matt, I, Na- Matt Nagy said so. I'm, I'm reading this word for word for Pete and everybody listening at home. So the question from the reporter is verbatim: Is Andy? I was talking about Dalton. Still your starter if healthy. Matt Nagy said, don't "That's do some. It. That's something that I'm not going to get into with scheme." And the reporter said. That's not scheme. Respect to the reporter, by the way, for challenging Matt Nagy. And he said, yes, it is. Um, so I don't want to encroach fully on the oddcast territory here or my NSC's mixtape co-host, uh, BLG. But this is bad vibes, dude. Like, this is such bad vibes. This is the break point. Like, when you start to see the head coach get surly with reporters, like, this is very reminiscent of, I mean, you can name a bunch of examples of, like, Matt Patricia telling people to sit up. You know what I mean? Like, this is just, you know, Matt Nagy, chill out, dude. Just start Justin Fields. This isn't hard. This, this is the, the solution is staring you right in the face. But um, I, two that, quick that's my last on one that. on this game. Yeah, two quick points on that, that exchange, though. Um, a, it has to be a newer head coach for you to do that. And in my mind, because I'm, I'm trying to go from my own experience of, I've been fortunate in this case. I've only covered Andy Reid. I would never in a million years say anything back to Andy Reid in a yeah, press conference like, like that. Or like, especially anything to like challenge no way. Yeah. It must be fun to cover a new head coach where maybe like the reporter has been on the beat longer than the head coach. Andy Reid's been coaching since 1999. Like I was 11 years old. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to uh, be questioning Big Red at all. 
Uh, other point on Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy came from Kansas City, his guy who I've had a ton of respect for. I freaking loved talking to Matt Nagy in Kansas He's going to be the Chiefs offensive coordinator next year. You know that, right? <laughs> like Because Eric Bieniemy is leaving for USC. He's going to be the Chiefs offensive coordinator. That's happening. And you're going to come on Monday Football Monday and be like, look, when Matt Nagy was the Chiefs offensive coordinator, they won all these games and blah, blah, blah. It's happening. Chiefs fans don't want to hear this. And this is this is going to be tough, mm. especially with how it's going in Chicago. Mm. Mm. I believe Matt Nagy, if I had to pick who I believe is the next, could be five, ten years from now, head coach of the, your Kansas City Chiefs. I, I do think it is general manager Brett Veach's old pal from Delaware, Matt Nagy. I Matt really Nagy do. Ret- and he so returns. Think, oh, like that's the path, right? I it's, think you're onto something. Yeah. Eric Bieniemy, Josh for, McDaniel, yeah. forever in waiting. Exactly. I Eric do feel B- that way. Eric Bieniemy leaves. round two goes better than <laughs> round one. Eric Bieniemy leaves for USC. Matt Nagy one. gets fired in Chicago. He's back in KC with Andy Reid. The offense flourishes for the next four to five years because Mahomes is Mahomes. And then everybody talks himself into how this is a great idea. It's a disaster. Nobody wonder how it's, everybody wonders how it went wrong. Anyway, uh, good for you and I predicting the future. Let's go uh, to the Cleveland Browns. No, who uh, Lottery numbers. I guess next the up. Browns winning 31 21, not able to cover that 12 and a half, I believe, point spread. Uh, Browns run game is amazing, Pete. No question about it. Super awesome performance yet again. Um, I do want to talk about Baker Mayfield, but I want to bring up something that the internet is bringing up. Oh, so, not the internet. Uh, in this game, the Houston Texans were facing a third and 15. Okay. They pick up 13 yards. So it's now fourth and two, right? I know you said math wasn't your thing today, but you, you can do this math. So did you say what is fourth and two? Okay, it's, two it's yards. Now four, it's now fourth and two because on third and 15, the Texans picked up 13 yards. Mm. The Browns were off sides. So the referees come out and say, hey, guess what, Houston? There's a penalty on this. But, you know, it's an offsides penalty. So if we enforce it, you know, your yardage doesn't count. So it's third and 10. And David Coley says, you know, what sounds better to me than third and 10? Fourth and two. I'm going to decline this penalty. Now I can see. If you're going to be John Harbaugh on the Baltimore Ravens saying, you know what? I'd rather go two yards because I trust that on one attempt, my team can pick this up. All right. So we're going to take the fourth and two. We're going to decline the offsides. We're going to pick up the first down, keep the chains moving. Not David Cully, Pete. No, no, no. David Cully says, you know what? Fourth and two. That sounds good to me. You know what sounds even better? Punting. <laughs> he punted. He had a penalty on third and 15 and could have, you know, run another play on third and 10, but he punted. He declined the penalty and punted. This is one of the more preposterous things we've seen in some time. Yeah, not a good decision there, uh, obviously. I, I, I don't know what they were thinking. I look at this game, and I think the Browns need to embrace who they are, which is you got to be run first. They were to that to an extent, but I think you got to really lean in. I think Baker Mayfield is best when the run game is really going, and, and similar to Tennessee in that way, and, and that was a, another thriller where they finally got the run game going to change the game. Uh, that's who the Browns are. And I think on the other side, uh, you know, if, if you take away that terrible first-year head coach gaffe, the Texans are interesting. I don't think they're as pushover as we we sure. thought. And they're more interesting than the Jaguars, like from an interest, much like, like more. A, a basis of interesting, totally. And they, I never thought that they they would have the let's say the upside to. Um, not be the second worst team in the conference, but it wouldn't shock me if there was a team below the te- Texans that weren't just the Jaguars. For example, if they get into that like mix where you, you really don't want to be in the NFL where you're missing the playoffs, like you have six or seven wins, right. your, pick, your pick's a little too low. 
Um, I could see the Jets being worse than them. I could see the Bengals if right. you know things continue oh, to fall off of them. I don't know right. if we have to go all in on the Bengals like this. Um, but Tyrod Taylor, prior to the injury, looked pretty good. I and there were I was loving the the little bit of swag to his game where there was a play where he kind of walked into the end zone, and I'm like, huh. Can the Texans like really push to, to be around 500 here? And I think so. And so a pleasant surprise that they're not just going to be this pushover team. The Browns, I think, need to to embrace, like like I said, being that team, being that bully. Uh, and that's how they're going to win games. They should have gotten and, and covered the point spread. I, this is a team that they should have beaten handily, especially when you consider that injury. And they didn't. So the AFC it continues to be rather interesting, and then you have a, a team like the Ravens getting that big win. That is a, mm. a I'm I'm the ready to team. see. I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready to see how this division plays out. Yeah. Um, two things here. One, one of my best pals is a Texans fan. He is terrified of this because you mentioned it. you you don't well you don't want to be good enough to where you get like the the sixth pick. You know what I mean? Like if you're gonna suck, you want to suck. You know what I mean? Like, go all out, tank. And maybe that's what this, you know, four. I know a lot of Texans fans want any scenario where the team is forced to rid themselves of Mr. Jack. And if they are teetering around 500, Mr. Jack and and certainly Mr. Cully might be around for another couple of years here for sure. Interesting how you went Mr. Jack with his first name and then Mr. Cully with his last name. So, you know, difference. Shows you the level of respect I have for these (laughs) guys. Um, uh, last thing here, or two things. Uh, Tyrod Taylor looks like he's not going to play on Thursday night against the Panthers. Uh, so get ready for Davis Mills. Thursday night football was awesome last week, despite the fact that many people thought it wouldn't be. So maybe this game will be as well. And Baker Mayfield, I know you touched on him. Dude, if you throw a pick, we don't need you throwing your shoulder into dudes. Seriously. I mean, just, you know, I, I nobody thinks you're less tough. Nobody thinks anything. Just be smart. You know, it's Number a one long, questionnaire. long season. Have you ever seen Friday Night Lights? Clearly not. Mm, I actually have. And shout out to Kenneth Arthur here at SB Nation. He and I uh, did a podcast after the last season of Survivor, which, by the way, the new season premieres this week. Kenny and I did a podcast with Scott Porter, who played Jason Street on Friday Night Lights. So uh, nice uh, segue there. Not right. Right. Well, obviously not a lesson learned by Baker Mayfield. That's all. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Baker from Texas played high school football. So actually played high school football in Texas. So you would think he would know of anybody. But uh, let's go. to. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. RJ, this is important. Mm. Do you have a video from somebody else to troll me? Oh, Texas forever. Look at that. What? Why can't, I can't. I look Tech, at me. No, say, say it again. One more this time. Come on. No, 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 no. Because you, okay, you immediately Pete, you. assume you immediately assume I'm going on and surprising you with the video. No such thing. I wouldn't do that to you. Would I do that to you? No, I wouldn't Pete, do that to you. And here we clear go. Clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. You couldn't do it. You couldn't. You could not say it. I knew you couldn't. Respect. Um. All right. I can't wait for you to have a water burger locally for you. You deserve this. Anyway, there's thirty uh, coming to Kansas City. Thirty. Thank you, the, Patrick. Arizona Cardinals outlasted the Minnesota Vikings 34 to 33. The Vikings falling to 0 and 2. Gross for them. Uh, this was a really great game. Game of the day, maybe. Arguably. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that this potentially would be the game of the day? Potentially. Kyler Mur- if the Cowboys. season ended today, which is a really stupid thing to say, is Kyler Murray MVP? Yes. <laughs> I mean, there's no, other, there's no other choice at this point. And he, he is. Uh, he looks great, dude. Um, and on the subject, Pete, I know this will make you happy. Uh, so Kyler had an incredible fourth down pass to Christian Kirk, kind of a just 
tried and true YOLO ball. It had a 29.2% completion probability, according to Next Gen Stats. And the completed pass elevated the Cardinals' win probability from 42.5% to 72.5%. And because of that, it is the yeet of the week here Mm. on Monday Football Monday, the most prestigious award that we can hand out, goes to arguably the game of the week. Congratulations to Kyler Murray. Congratulations to Christian Kirk. We got to break the award in two, make sure each guy's have a piece of it. Um, you know, I know the graphics is Kyler Murray, but Christian Kirk's actually somebody who played at Texas AM. Kyler, you know, whatever, speaking of Texas football. Uh, so, you know, we, we choose not to recognize that moment. But Yeet of the Week, Kyler Murray, Christian Kirk, incredible moment. Moving on to more important things. I think Cliff Kingsbury really needed a Kyler Murray to play like this this year. He looks like he's arrived as one of the better QBs in the NFL. Certainly in that top 10 conversation, we'll see how the year goes. I think he's going to be an MVP contention if he keeps this up because the numbers are just going to be too stupid. Like he, mm-hmm. He's one of those players where maybe he isn't the most valuable player, but then you're going to look at his yardage and, and on the ground and, and through the air, and it's going to be like, well, how do you not give it to him? Right. That type of MVP. And uh, yeah, and I, I think the Cardinals are a really fun team to watch. They might be the most fun team in the NFL to watch right now uh, because of this Kyler Murray emergence and, and all the weapons uh, that they have. And and yeah, yeah you feel, feel for the Minnesota Vikings and you feel especially for their radio announcer who the game oh. didn't kick. Oh, that was rough, heard this. He called it good, oh, screaming at the top of his lungs and had to say, oh no, it's one thing to... That's where that that, like that that angle will get Lord. you. If you're mm. you know up in the middle like that, it's tough cookies. Um, Kyler Murray, too far to say, Pete, the best quarterback who wore a red and white jersey on Sunday. Um, that was my last one. Sorry, I had you know it's just too obvious. I can't, in the I can't, face. Okay. What, what is what's what's I'm going sorry. on here? I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Pete, I mean, you, you know, you stoke the flames is, a lot in the offseason. We've been we've been waiting this for this. Is a, anyway, this is a pile on. So, and I understand why you're getting it in because what are the Chiefs going to lose two more games the rest of the year? There's not anyway, a ton of opportunities to do this, so I understand. I, I don't. I no longer feel bad. And um, but uh, this is, I think, of all the zero and two teams, Pete, and these are all of them. And there will be one more tonight. Obviously, the Lions are the Packers. And if it were the Packers, maybe that this is them. I think the one in you know most concerning, you know, the most concerning position. We've got the Falcons, Colts, Jaguars, Vikings, Giants, Jets, and again, Lions or Packers tonight. I think the Vikings are the most concerning or I think that their fan base has the right to be most outraged Colts maybe, but Colts have also played the Seahawks and the Rams. And so you can kind of square it with that. The Vikings lost to the Bengals last week. Yeah, I don't know. I I think there are some things to build upon. I think 0-2 is just such an interesting record in the NFL because you have fan bases freaking out, but the Vikings could have just as easily won this game. I know that they didn't. But to me, okay, last week's loss was bad. This was like a little bit better. You just continue to to pound the pavement and and try to try to push forward. And I think the Vikings will be teetering around the playoffs around week week fourteen and week fifteen, and we'll see what they do down the stretch. We will see. Um, let's go, Pete, to the Dallas Cowboys. Two teams defeated AFC West teams this week. One of them was the Baltimore Ravens. Shout out to Kyle Berber and our fantastic producer, Rachelle. The other one was the Dallas Cowboys. We don't have to talk about Rachelle. (laughs) All right, let's go to the Cowboys game. 
Uh, 20 to 17, the final score. Greg Zerline got to be the hero with the game winning field goal. He was perfect on all kicks. I don't think any Cowboys fan suddenly feels great about him. Uh, but Kellen Moore, just an incredible offensive performance, uh, ran the ball because that's what the game dictated. And, you know, everybody freaked out last week about the number of pass attempts, lack of running attempts, whatever. But Kellen is a guy and a coordinator who's going to take what the defense gives him. Pete, the kind of headlining story for this, and I know you were getting ready for Sunday Night Football at the time, so I'm not sure how much of this you saw. But Micah Parsons, Cowboys first round linebacker, had to play defensive end in this game, which he did in high school and certainly rushed the passer while at Mm -hmm. Penn State. Uh, But Demarcus Lawrence broke his foot. Randy Gregory in the COVID protocol. The most pass rush wins in week two. Von Miller had eight for the Denver Broncos. Chase Young had seven. One of the best defensive ends in the NFL. Micah Parsons had seven. It was a more productive day rushing the passer for Micah Parsons than it was Joey Bosa. So let's switch the position. Go ahead. There are switch people. Who, there are people who want that. There are a lot of Cowboys fans who are saying, "Just play him there. Don't play him at linebacker." I mean, this was a really. It, it was one game, and so it's hard to really make a lot about that. But the reason that the Cowboys were able to sell this pick to a lot of fans is because this guy, you can move him around, you can do whatever. He can rush the passer. He can drop back and cover. He can play it all. He can do it all. It. It was one. I mean, I'm obviously biased, and I'm wearing my victory polo here on Monday. It was one of the more impressive we things it, I've ever wrong, seen from a player. Video. So he played a different position in his second game ever in the NFL, and he dominated while doing it. Right, <clears throat> and it it sounds like this is a scenario like we talked about Watt in, in Pittsburgh, where maybe you have that type of player, which the Cowboys have badly needed for a while on the defensive side of the only the Cowboys could have drafted TJ Watt and not Taco Charlton instead no big deal whatever we're all over it we're Chiefs great uh Taco Charlton all right um I I have a couple things on this game I I didn't get to watch it live so here and there I was checking in I did a little bit of research on it I I don't know if you knew this RJ I thought this was a nice gift for you if you didn't know it the Cowboys led 14 11 at halftime that's never been a score in history Mm -hmm. it's a halftime score which I, I I thought was interesting quick point on Justin Herbert you had mentioned that he was under duress all day and his numbers were not great at the end of this game. But I just think of all the QBs in the league, he looks like the most like Mahomes to me. So it's dear to my heart. It's weird that he's in the same division. I think Justin Herbert has, in my mind, top two upside. I really freaking do. And I can't believe it's in the same division. And I can't believe we're going to get Mahomes Herbert for the next 10, 15 years. If these guys stay healthy and it's, it's just wild to me. And, And, I understand that the Broncos and Raiders are two and zero, and the Chiefs and Chargers are both one and one. So bear with me here when I say this could be a division race between the Chiefs and Chargers really late in the season, and I'm mm. interesting in, in seeing who pulls away. I have a question for you. Okay, I have an answer. Two questions on this. Two answers. I, I think I think they need to be answered. Is Mike McCarthy going to blow it this year for a Cowboys team that should win the division? And then my second question is, should Tony Pollard be getting the bulk of the snaps? So first question is, this was without question the highest quality win. You could say of the McCarthy era, but certainly of the McCarthy era with Dak Prescott as his quarterback. It's actually only the second win that McCarthy has had with Dak playing a full game. Obviously got hurt against the Giants last year. The Cowboys did win that game. But the other full game that Dak played that was a win was the watermelon kick that the Cowboys had against the Falcons. This was the, I think, of all those games, except for the Bucks, the highest quality opponent. The Cowboys didn't win that game, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, this said a lot about, you know, the way – look. 
I, I'm not trying to say the Cowboys dealt with more adversity than any team in the NFL, Pete, but since their season opening loss to the Buccaneers, Michael Gallup has a cap strain. It's out three to five weeks. Lyle Collins suspended five games. Randy Gregory goes into COVID protocol when Zach Martin comes on, admittedly. Demarcus Lawrence breaks his foot. It's out for a significant amount of time. A, a Cowboys reserve tackle, Ty Secchi, who was in line to start at right tackle with Lyle Collins suspended, suffered heat exhaustion late last week and was ruled out of this game. It was a lot of adversity, and we hadn't really seen the Cowboys rise to the challenge of football adversity under Mike McCarthy. So right. there's a lot of there's a lot more reason to believe than there was at least Sunday morning. I'm not saying Mike McCarthy's a great coach. I'm not saying the Cowboys are winning the Super Bowl, but it was a really impressive. There was, wasn't game, there a weird given a weird all the timeout? There was a weird timeout decision though at the end of this game. So McCarthy explained this as the Cowboys and Kellen Moore not being able to fully see the clock from their position that there were some cameras in the way i did not have a big problem with this i did have a the, the coaching decision that i had a problem with was near the end of the first half i actually wrote almost a thousand words on this which as you uh -huh. know takes some time um john fossil great human great guy nfl legacy but near the end of the first half pete the Chargers had a fourth and 20. They go out to punt, and John Fossil sends the house, and mm. Cowboys run into the punter. It's a fresh set of downs for the Chargers. They wind up attempting a field goal. They miss it, but the Cowboys won this game by three. I mean, you know, imagine if that, that field goal is good. And so John Fossil is being way too hyper-aggressive with things, and Mike McCarthy oversees that. So there are definitely things that need to be dialed back in from or for the Cowboys. Uh, your other question was about Tony Pollard. There's no denying Tony Pollard is a better running back right now than Zeke Elliott. Zeke is an incredible pass protector and certainly has a lot of merit and talents as a running back. But but Tony Pollard looks much better. He has more explosive I'm, runs as of late. You can't, I'm glad that you said the data is overwhelming. It looked it looked as though like Pollard should be getting 15 to 20 carries and maybe Zeke should spell, which is crazy to say. But more and more each week, it seems that way. I just wonder if if. McCarthy has the onions to pull the trigger on that kind of change. I I mean, to be fair, two of the Cowboys' most overpaid players are Zeke Elliott and Jalen Smith, who have seen, you know, their time, I don't say regress, but right. I mean, they, they are not just getting played because of their contracts, which is something the Cowboys used to do for a very long time. Uh, Cowboys scored on their opening possession, which I know is standard protocol for the Chiefs for the first time since week 14 of 2019. So they checked off a lot of solid boxes. It was their first win without scoring 30 or more points in their last 18 wins. So, I mean, it had been a situation where the Cowboys had to really just pour it on offensively if they wanted a chance to win. And to do this again against a team that a lot of people believe in, in the Chargers. You mentioned the fact they could contend for the AFC West. Never would have thought I would have heard you say that. I know BLG has touted that idea on the Oddcast a lot this offseason. But, I mean, this this was a really impressive win, especially in the face of all this adversity. Uh, Cowboys needed to get through those first two one and BLG, one. BLG, by the way, a, a true Judas after I've backed his Eagles. I mean, to be fair, he was – I think this was your fault because he was high on the Chargers winning the division before you jumped on the Eagles. So you you need – you know. Don't care. <laughs> anyway, um, really, the Micah Parsons thing just wowed me, uh, honestly. So uh, great win for the Cowboys. They're one and one. Their next four games, Pete, they have your Eagles on Monday Night Football next week. After that I – I can't wait for that game. It's after a shame that, that we, we, we don't get to talk after that game, really. They uh they have the Carolina Panthers, then the New York Giants, who are actually 
Pete Sweeney's favorite team, at least he says, he claims. And then the New England Patriots. So I think it's possible they get to the bye at four and two-ish and then hopefully get some reinforcements back. Uh, we have two more games to get through, Pete. Uh, okay. This one I don't think will take a ton of time, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers remain the best team in the NFL. That's not a shot at you. It's just the, the truth. I'm sorry. 48-25, to 25, the win over the Falcons, who kept it close, kept it cute. Uh, but Tom Brady is remarkable, Pete. I thought th this really surprised me. In Peter King's Football Morning in America, he noted that through Tom Brady's first two games of his 2007 season, where obviously he set a bunch of records, he threw for 576 yards and six touchdowns. This season, through two games, he is sitting on 655 yards and nine touchdowns. The GOAT is operating at even more absurd levels for the GOAT himself. I can't deny that the Bucks are the best team in the NFL. I think the Falcons showed me a little something. And the Bucks actually remind me a little bit of the Chiefs in the sense that I think oh they're the gosh. I think they're the NFC version of you have to keep scoring all game because the Bucks are just gonna put up points and put up points and put up points and put up points. And unless you're in a shootout with them at, at this stage, now that Tom Brady is playing like that and understands yeah. the offense and he has all these weapons, you're not going to be able to, to emerge victorious. Uh, kudos to the Ravens for doing that last night. Uh, so congratulations to them uh, against the Chiefs. I think Leonard Fournette is clearly the better running back in this room. I made a note about that. Uh, kind of in, in a way similar to what we just talked about in, in Dallas. I think you just got to lean up Fournette. Enough of this BS where Bruce Arians gets to the podium and says, we're going to start Ronald Jones. So... For a while now, a handful of years, we've been talking about the big three tight ends in the NFL, that being Travis Kelsey, oh, that being man, George Kittle, and back. that being Darren Waller. It's back to a big four. Uh, mm -hmm. Rob Gronkowski was out of shape last year. He never thought he was going to play football again. And then Tom Brady decided he's going to bring his a, a new version of himself, a party version of himself, in a sense, drinking tequila at the parade version to Tampa. And Gronk had to follow. He got the year under his belt. He looked really good in the Super Bowl with, with that touchdown catch. And he's just building on it this year. And he looks he looks even better at this stage through two games than George Kittle. It, it's it's really in I I don't I'm not ready to go there yet, but if you want to keep it a big three, Kittle would be looking out outside of that right now, in, in my opinion. So um that was the note I made about this game. I feel bad for the 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 Falcons. It, it does start it is starting to feel like a little bit of a throwaway year for them. Yeah, I mean, last week was really bad. And I think some of this is the divisional rivalry. You know, they know the Bucs. That's why, you know, I wouldn't be stunned if, you know, the Falcons, they play the Giants next week if, um, you know, they don't contend. Tom Brady doing much. a video. Did you see this at 328 oh, in the background? Yeah, it was incredible. What is, what is going on, dude? Man? Come on. I, that the is a special, special troll right there. You mentioned the Bucs or, or Gronk being out of shape. It clearly took the Bucs, I don't know, half a season, 10 games to to find themselves last year right. and they they have just been really 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 good ever since their low point uh, was tom brady for getting the down yep. and then they kind of had that stretch toward the end of the season that was a little bit of an easier road um but this was still the team that had to go on the road to make it to the super bowl and they did and just really impressive with what they've been able to build and yes i'm happy to tell you that i i agree with you i think they're clearly the best team in the nfl right now Mm. finally pete the tennessee titans went to overtime back-to-back -back weeks we had games going to overtime the nfl is back and it is king uh tennessee wins 33 <laughs> to 30 over the seattle seahawks just a massive comeback um according to next gen stats is win probability model the titans had as low as a four percent chance of winning the game with 13 minutes and 16 seconds left in the game four percent into the fourth quarter 
and they won. Uh, Seattle's offense just kind of fell asleep. I mean, you know, we know it's there. We know that Russell Wilson can throw the moon ball to Tyler Lockett, but they just kind of took their foot off the gas. Can't do it. Can't do it in the NFL. I'll, I'll go into a NFL cliche and it's a tale of two halves. And that's exactly what this game was. I'm not talking about Kyle, your damn pie. We're not splitting that in half. I'm, <laughs> I'm eating the whole thing. 24, nine Seahawks at the break. Seattle was outgunning the, the Titans. Henry in the first half was held to 35 yards. And then now through a game and a half, you're like, oh, shoot, is Derrick Henry not the same guy anymore? I know a lot of fantasy owners were thinking about that. It took him in the top five. Boom, 22 carries for 147 yards, three touchdowns in the second half. The Julio Jones breakout game. Uh, the Titans def- definitely needed this win after what was an embarrassing performance last week. The Seahawks are considered one of the NFC contenders, so uh, they didn't count themselves out what, what, what was through six quarters, and they were able to uh, get this win a big one, in my opinion, in Seattle. Congratulations to the Titans. Congratulations to every team in the NFL that won in week two. And congratulations to those that tried really hard. It was a fun week of action. Uh, Pete, you got a Monday Night Football prediction? Lions, Packers, you know, any, any passionate thoughts here? I think some ankles will be bitten on Monday Night Football, and I, I can't wait to watch that. Mm, okay. Well, um, you were a good sport today, Pete. You're a great sport. I mean, seriously. I, just have, I do have a message for Kyle before we go. Okay. All right. Kyle Barber of Baltimore Beatdown. Pete Sweeney speaking to you. Just like a Lannister always pays their debts, a Sweeney never forgets. I'll see you in February. Was that supposed to rhyme? Because is that the point? I want to have your back here. I just want to know. Was that why why do you ruin everything? Like that <laughs> my is my question to you. Why do you ruin everything I do? Why are you I, why? No, I think just like, let it breathe. You should have just let that one look, breathe. Let, let me handle the this. show. Look, let me handle this. All right. Let me be Pete Sweeney for a moment, please. Okay. Okay. Sure, All right. Kyle, Pete yes. Sweeney here. Hmm. The Ravens might have won the battle, but the Chiefs will win the war. You think you can get away with being a meanie, but watch out for me because I'm Pete Sweeney. Mm, I like that. Mm-hmm. I do like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like you telling me how to do it after I just did it. <laughs> Maybe a pre-show conversation would have been good. I'm just saying, so you got a lot to work with when it comes to Sweeney. There's not a lot you know, that I've one? been how able to use one? in my life. Listen, it was clear on Sunday Night Football, the Ravens wanted it more. But in the end, it'll be, quote, to Patrick Mahomes, never more. Now that, now that Peter Sweeney Poe signing off here on Monday, Football Monday. Peace! Go Cowboys.